Warning, the views and opinions expressed in the following segment are those of the participant and do not necessarily reflect those of the Spice of Life podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Humburger cheeseburger, Big Mac Whopper. Humburger cheeseburger, Big Mac Whopper. Humburger cheeseburger, Big Mac Whopper. Big Mac Whopper. Big Mac, Big Mac. Humburger cheeseburger, Big Mac Whopper. Humburger cheeseburger, Big Mac Whopper. Humburger cheeseburger, Big Mac Whopper. Big Mac Whopper. Big Mac Whopper. All right, guys, welcome back to Burgers Drive Thru. Burgers Drive Thru today is brought to you by the Clinch Fight Shop, your one stop shop in Edmonton for all your combat sports needs. It's the Clinch Fight Shop. Burger, amateur boxing coaches. Amateur boxing coaches need to do two things. Well, actually, need to do things. Before I start, I just I say, would you guys like to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> That's annoying, and I love it. Okay, first of all, I'd like to say, if you're an amateur boxing coach, number one, you're not a fucking massage therapist. Get your fucking hands off those little girls. We've seen you guys rubbing their shoulders, making them get, oh, yeah, you guys, are you fucking serious? You're called a pedophile, you motherfucker. You're a fucking pervert. You're a coach that's touching a little girl that's underage, and she's not even a pro boxer. You don't see pro boxers fucking massaging. They're getting massages by their fucking female coaches. Get a grip, you fucking pigs. Burger, Mike Tyson coming to Edmonton. First of all, Mike Tyson is Iron Mike. Everyone loves Iron Mike, but I'm going to tell you something right now. You post pictures on Facebook shaking the motherfucker's hand. Guys, anyone can pay for that. Burger, Michael Bisbing. Who the fuck is that guy? Michael Bisbing, time to hang the fucking gloves up. Everyone's sick of you. Burger, Bellator MMA. Nothing but a one to wannabe UFC motherfucker. Scott Coker, you do the magic with kickboxing. When it comes to MMA, your entrance music and your fucking fancy stage shits just gotta go. It sucks. Burger, Luke Spicer. Imposter. Burger. Vinny Paz. Five-time world champ. Come to corner the boys because they're the men. Guess what, guys? If you can't get on the train, don't bother getting on at all. Burger. Xena, the warrior princess. PR mogul. That woman knows her shit. You know what? She's exclusive to Vinny Paz. She's the woman. She can fucking sell ice to Eskimos. She can make the ice to sell it to the Eskimos to make the ice. Burger. The best burger in Edmonton. Best donair right now. Best donair. Double cheese. Oh, yeah. With some fucking donair sauce on it. Ooh, yeah. Squish it all together. Bit of sauteed mushrooms. A little bit of mustard. Mayo. Ketchup. Ooh, yum. Burger. Kovalev. Sergey the Crusher. Kovalev. There was no doubt. Ward robbed you in those fights. You proved that by beating this Ukrainian guy. Beating the brakes off him. Second round. I bet on you in the third. Fuck, that's okay. I still won money, buddy. Burger. Russia. Ryan Ford just kicked out Vladimir Putin. Ryan Ford is the new president of Russia. It's called Fordasha. Fordasha. <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> Burger. WME. Oh, the guys that bought the UFC, bunch of Hollywood fucking moguls, bunch of pedophiles, bunch of fucking bank guys. Guess what? You guys got ripped off. The UFC isn't worth fucking $80 billion. They're a shit company. They're fucking who? They have a roster of a million guys. They can't even put the fight. Fuck, grow up, man. You bought a bunch of names. Burger. Friday night fights. Tick tock, tick tock. The clock is coming. Do you hear the clock is coming? That's what we heard. Burger. Joel Morin. Joel fucking crackhead fucking Morin, you motherfucker. Nothing but a fucking coward. You couldn't step on the scale for the fucking first fight. We offered you the second fight, you little bitch. You wouldn't come back. No, you were sick. You pulled all the fight. You're a fucking coward. You shouldn't even be boxing. Don't even be fighting. You're a couch potato crackhead. Burger. Burgers Fight Management. Ooh, with double cheese, please. You guys need a manager, I'll manage you. I'll fucking show you how to get shit done. Fuck yeah, I see the promotion I do. Fuck, you guys need to follow this shit. Everyone wants on the burger train. Burger, pink unicorns. Pink fucking unicorns. 
Let me tell you about pink fucking unicorns. They were in Suicide Squad. Boomerang carry pink unicorns. <laughs> Burger. Max Kellerman. The motherfucking one-sided fucking guy who only says, oh, if you've ever been in a race, he always chooses the winner. See, I told you that guy would win. Fuck, are you serious, Max Kellerman? Get a fucking brain, buddy. Start thinking for yourself. Burger. Havoc Fighting Championship. The biggest joke in Red Deer. Fuck, are you serious? You shut your fucking show down and then you blame the fighter? Get a grip, you fucking cowards. You guys just don't have money. You're a bunch of broke joke guys trying to run an illegal MMA show. Then you blame the fighters for canceling the show. No, the real is, you guys just suck. Burger. The Boxing Hall of Fame. You guys gotta put Vinny in there. You gotta. Motherfucker broke his neck, won titles, beat Durant. Fucking guy broke his neck and fucking got boxing again. Well, Vinny Paz, Boxing Hall of Fame. Vinny Paz. Burger, the gentleman that's sitting right next to you. Anthony Joshua twin. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we got today. Burger, sign us out. This is Berger from Santoro's Boxing in Edmonton, the only real fight gym in the city. I'd like to say, do you guys hear that annoying sound again? <laughs> Berger, saying what needs to be said when it needs to be spoken. Peace out. This is Jelena Marjanovic, eight-time world champion, and you are listening to the Spice of Life podcast. Welcome to the Spice of Life podcast, featuring Tanner Wilshaw and Luke Spicer. Two talented fighters discussing life, fighting, work, family, balance, and everything in between. Tune in weekly for your fill of laughs. Now, here's your hosts, Tanner Wilshaw and Luke Spicer. Alright guys, welcome back to the Spice of Life podcast. Today on the podcast, we have a legit living legend. This gentleman went 50 wins, 10 losses, 30 wins by way of knockout, and holds five world titles, the IBF Lightweight Championship, the WBA Junior Middleweight Championship, the IBO Super Middleweight Championship, the IBC Super Middleweight Championship, and the WBU Super Middleweight Championship. He also had a movie made about him. It's called Bleed for This. Ladies and gentlemen, Vinny Paz. Yay, that was a great introduction. <laughs> Very good. I appreciate it. <laughs> How are you doing? Everything's cool. As cool as can be, you know, for being in little, little ass Rhode Island, um, <laughs> everything is okay. <laughs> so this is a real treat for me. Uh, I'm a, I, I've been a huge fan since I was probably five. Oh my god, that's so cool. I, I love when I hear that. I don't even know like what to say. Just like that's so cool. <laughs> so you, yeah, you I made your, it. you made your pro debut May twenty sixth, nineteen eighty three. I was one. Yes. Yes. And and I beat a dude named Chino Rivera. Yes. I, I still remember his name to this day. <laughs> so so after all your fights, do you remember most of your opponents? Yeah, you know, little bits here and there. You know, I I um I retained you know, I, I'm lucky I got you know, 50 wins, five world titles, and I got three brain cells left. And I'm very happy to have those three. They're very functional. <laughs> well, you've had quite a career. You fought a ton of tough guys. Uh, some notable names on your record are Roy Jones Jr., Hector Macho Camacho, of course, Roberto Durant, Joe Fraser Jr., and uh, Lloyd Honeygon. Yep, yep. Yes to all of them. And they were all tough, tough suckers. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about Roberto Durant because you fought him. He was uh, he was an older gentleman. I believe he was around 43 years old. I don't know if he was that old, but he was in his 40s. In his 40s. You know, and, and like when, when I fought him, and without a doubt, he hit me the hardest that anybody's ever hit me. 
That was going to be my first question because I I I, um, I listened to an interview yeah, with you. Of course, you. It's, every, it's everybody's question. Like, what did Roberto Duran hit? Like, did Duran hit you the hardest? Who hit you the hardest? Without a doubt, it's Roberto Duran. Oh my God, his his punching power was just amazing. It was it's so it's crazy. It's creepy. It's almost <laughs> it's it's weird. It's odd. <laughs> like you look at the guy and you know he he doesn't look like much of a puncher. Yeah. When I tell you that guy would knock down cement walls. Wow. So the those yeah. the two fights you had with them were all out wars. Yeah, you know, I I, I joke around, you know, he was he was in a wheelchair, but you know, I still beat his ass. <laughs> he could even from the wheelchair, he could even punch hot. <laughs> he was a tough sob. <laughs> so, uh, would the fights with uh, with Roberto be like some of your best and most memorable fights, in your opinion? Um, I don't know about that. I, I think my best and most memorable night was the one the night that I beat the junior middleweight championship um, fighter, uh, uh, Gilbert Delay, uh, Gilbert Deli, if you want to be a wise-ass. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a great night against him. That was a great fight. I stopped him in the last round. It was really, it was cool. That was everything boxing was meant to be for me. You know, because I, I took hook, line, and sinker at five years old when I loved this gentleman called Muhammad Ali. Yeah. I just loved that dude. Just loved him. The way he talked, walked, looked, the way he fought, the the things he would say. And I, I just emulated my life practically my life and my career around around Muhammad Ali. Well I got I gotta tell you, you're an inspiration to just about Every professional fighter, amateur fighter, or anybody wanting to get into the sport, um, the 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 thing that you came back from was absolutely amazing. Yeah, it was it was a little crazy, a little amazing, a little crazy. Holy mother! I couldn't I couldn't imagine what will be going through your brain when the doctor comes into the room and tells you, "Sir, you can't box anymore." I that was the worst moment. That was the hardest I ever got hit that day. That that guy hit me harder than Durant. Well, that was your life. That's your that's your life. Yeah, I um I didn't want to I didn't want to hear that. You know, I just won the championship of the world after being counted out. You know, after losing fights at lightweight, so everybody just thought I was you know looking you know, to make money, to stay in the game and move up to middleweight. Yeah. No, I didn't do it because of that. And you see it in the movie. It's very, it's very on point, the movie. Um, I thank God Kevin Rooney made me move up and wait because I, I still would have stayed at lightweight and, and would have lost, you know, in tough fights. But yeah, I, I probably would end up dying because I literally almost died after I lost to Roger Mayweather. Wow. I almost died at the hospital of dehydration. Wow. So Yeah, and uh, thank God Kevin Rooney came along. I love that guy. So your movie was actually on TV the other night after I talked to a, uh, a mutual friend of ours. And I, I was flipping through the channels and I see, oh, bleed for this. So I turned it on. And I hadn't seen it in a while. And uh, to, to actually sit down and watch it and be able to put a voice and a face to, to what was going on in the movie was absolutely amazing to me. That's cool. That's cool. It don't get any better than that. It really does not get any better than that. So when you get out of the hospital, you got this halo on your head. How many days did it, did it actually take for you to start lifting the weights? Well, I, um, I looked in the mirror I looked in the mirror and I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. I, I I was like, you know, you guys, you guys, you guys are effing, you're effing kidding me, right? This is a joke, right? Yeah. Right, somebody's playing a joke. This is a real, like, what the, what the hell is going on here? I, I'm seeing screws in my, my brain, in my head, 
in my skin, in through my bone. I just, I just couldn't believe it. You know, I couldn't believe it. like that was where this went to. And I was like, what the hell, man? It's, it's like, it's almost the 20th century. This is what you're going to do to me. And I, I just couldn't believe it. And then, um, and, and then I, uh, I went home, I went home a couple of days after I was admitted and, uh, a couple of days after that, I waited till my parents were not home and I went down in the cellar and I tried to lift some weights and, uh, it was, it was a little bit of a horror show at first. And, and then, and then that, that was it. I was doing it for months and, and for months until I told my doctor and then, um, he, yeah, he just, he couldn't believe it. And, um, he said, well, he said, obviously you're doing something, you're doing something, you're doing something right. And you're doing something that I've never heard of, but whatever you're doing, it's, it's, it's doing right because you're looking good and things are healing up. So do what you got to do. You know, your body better than I do. That's what he said to me. Well, the, the, and in the movie, you were, you were down in the basement, obviously did the, did it depict what was going on fairly accurately? Yeah, very, very accurately. Not, not fairly, very accurately. Yeah, it, it went down just like that. The first, the first time I lifted weights, like I, I lifted when I went down in my cell and I picked up the weights, like a pain of heat just shot through my body. It was, it was, you know, it was horrifying, and I literally dropped the weights and just sat on on the bench press and just sat there and just tears came out of my eyes and. Uh, and I was like, you can do this, Tasman. You, you can do this, Tasman. You've got to fight again. You've got to fight again. This is, this is going to be what it takes. And, and I just went a little crazy, and, and the craziness worked out for me. Wow. <laughs> a little help from the, the big guy upstairs and uh, a lot of hard work, and I got, I got lucky. I got lucky and blessed. Well, I've had some injuries, but nothing ever that bad. I've I've been laid up for the last year with uh, a couple knee surgeries, but uh, you came back sure, from sure. It, terrible. It sucks. A lot a lot of people that happens to later on in life. How, how old are you now? Are you in your fifties, forties, sixties? What? I am thirty five. Oh, you're thirty five. Yeah, I'm I'm still kind of young. You are. You are very. You are very kind of young. Thirty three was my best age ever. Won world titles, went to the Playboy Mansion, chicks all over me, winning, winning fights, knocking people. Thirty-three was my best age. But um, like, did you play sports earlier? Did you break your break your knees? Did anything happen to you earlier in life? So I've been in combat sports now for going on almost seventeen years. So I had oh, a, there you go. I had a fairly long kickboxing career. I switched over to mixed martial arts and then blew my knee out, and now I'm going to go and, and do some boxing. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. That's cool. Good, good. So Keep it, it going. Keep it moving. It's been Keep a long process. <laughs> I'm sure it has. Everybody's got a story, bro. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got some some adversity they're facing. And that's everybody, rich, poor, white, black, Chinese, you know, guys, girls, everybody's got some type of problem to overcome. That's the truth. 100% truth. So. That's the truth, and you've got to stay strong. That's the bottom line. Well, I think it was in that Rocky movie, uh, Sylvester Stallone went on, a, did a little motivational speech about the, the world's a nasty place. It, it, yeah, it, yeah, I, of course. It, it really, it really is a nasty place. That like bad things can happen, and it, if you let it knock you down and keep you down, you ain't getting up. That's so true, and 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 that connected to somebody who's listening out there right now. One hundred percent. 
I did see today that somebody posted that you are going to be inducted into the Atlantic City Boxing Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, I just got, I got mad at my Piaga. I love I love my Piaga. I got I got the hottest, the greatest, coolest Piaga in the country, and maybe outside the country too. She she's she's banging. She's off the hook. She's a genius. She she texted me today. Congrats, Vinny. Just one one more down. So I looked and I went, oh, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, I made it to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. All right. And then I saw the little print and it was like Atlantic City. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so Not I'm, all excited about that one. <laughs> hey, well, you're making a, well, there's a lot of people out there are making a push for you to be inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Yeah, and and that's what I meant. Like you know, I I think I'm very uh, worthy, very very much my record. I mean, you know, all that I've done in boxing and 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 just the entertainment alone that I gave so many people, so many people I turned on to boxing because they love to watch me fight, and you know that's that's why I think I should be in there. You know, I, I won 50 fights out of 60. I knocked out half of those guys. I, I won world titles, but I, but I brought so many people into the arena of, of fighting that have never been there before. So, I, you know, I got so many. You know, I don't even want to talk about other fighters, you know, that, that done like almost half of what I did and they're still in there. You know, so... I, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting a little pissed off at this, at this sucker that's running the the boxing hall of fame, because now it's getting a little ridiculous. You know, I retired in in 2004 with my 50th win, and you know now we're in 2017. And so 2018. Yeah. If there's one guy out there that should be inducted into the international boxing hall of fame, it's 100% you. I, Thank you. That was very nice. Great compliment. Uh, don't get no better, and that's it. Okay, I'll see you later. We can we can end this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to talk to you about uh, five times better wine. Yes, you did. You did. I remember. And uh, so you I remember. And my wine, my wine is kicking. My my wine is so good. Honest, honestly, like. I wouldn't, I, I'm not a good liar. I wouldn't put a front up. My wine is good, and I made it very inexpensive for people so everybody could get it. I got a red wine, which is awesome. Three, three different grapes from Italy. My white wine, I don't even like white wine, but I like this because it's so damn good. And my champagne is the tastiest champagne you want to find out there. It's, it's, it's nowhere near the price of some of the high-priced ones. My Mine... I love Terrier Jolet, the flower bottle. It's it's two hundred dollar bottle. My my champagne's not even close to that, and taste taste in in is way better than 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 that. So I got some good stuff. I'm I'm really lucky. And like like uh, once again, my my beautiful Piaggio Zina put that together for me because she's the bomb, and. Uh, it's good. It's gonna, it's gonna it's gonna work, and it's going around the world little by little. Okay. We're we're in we're in a lot of America right now. We're in uh, London, in England, um, and little by little we're we're moving out. We've got Italy on board. Uh, I think I think we even have, I think we even have China on board right now. I don't, I'm not sure, but um, it, it's looking good. Things are going well. We got to get it in Canada. Absolutely, let's make the let's make the march. Let's make that happen. And you have a uh, a tequila brand too, correct? Well, not yet with me personally, but that's okay. um my PR girl uh, Zena works for that company, okay. so they're involved um, with my wine also. Um, but she she's involved with that tequila company, okay. which, you know, it really has nothing to do with me. 
but whatever she has, whatever she does, you know, it's it's how it has some type of interest in my life somehow, some way. Yeah, that's the that's the way it works, I guess. <laughs> uh, so rumor, yeah, yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Like when you got, it's almost like like uh, six the the six things, six uh, separations. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, she's uh, whatever she does it ends up trickling down to me somehow. You know, it's crazy how life goes. And she's wild too. She doesn't stop. She don't stop. No, she's a beast. She's a beast. She don't stop. She's a beast with boobies. <laughs> uh, so rumor has it you're going to be coming over here to Canada. Rumor's true. Rumor's true. <laughs> well, that's a true rumor. That's no, no, that's not a rumor. That's <laughs> truth. <laughs> a rumor is a lie or bullshit or you know just somebody made something up. This yep. is truth. I'm coming to Canada uh, very soon. December 6th. December 6th. Looking forward to it. You're going to come to Edmonton, Alberta. Yes, yes. And we're going to handle some business. Yes, yes. So we will Can't wait. We will get to hang out in uh, in Edmonton. I believe I am staying in the same hotel as you just down the hall. Cool, cool. So that's going to be a good time. Uh, we're going to be there for uh, KO Boxing 81. Uh it, it's going to feature some friends of mine, the Santoro brothers. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to meeting those guys. Yep. They're, um, they're quite, quite the stories. And, and from what I understand they can really fight too. Have you seen either one of the boys fight yet? Uh, just a little bit on online, um, with their father training them, which, you know, is a great setup and, and I love it because it just bring, brings back memories of, of my childhood and my times with my dad, you know, he was the best and, and, and he seems like to be like, like a great father, like I had, you know, to his kids. So it's a cool thing. He, you know, you gotta love seeing that. Well, I do have a video and who, and who knows, who knows what will happen one day. Maybe both of them. Oh yeah, and hopefully at least one of them will be will be a champion of the world. I, th- I in my opinion, both of those boys are going to be world class fighters and, and will not stay in Canada for very long. Which is which is crazy. Like like not only one but two guys in in this in the system. I, and it, it just reminds me of the Hilton brothers. Like, what is it with Canada? You guys like have like like when you have brothers, like they they just you know like one and the same. <laughs> what is it with you guys? The Hilton brothers are like that too. Well, uh, young Carlito, seventeen years old, he's a little phenom, and uh, the both the boys have two very different styles. Carlito is kind of the kind of the guy that's going to march across the ring and, and get in your face. Where where Rafi is super technical. So, yeah, so that, and he's fast too. He, he can he, it works for him. Whew, they're they're both quick. They're both tough, and uh, they they got a real good support system where they are right now. I, I like it that they're with their dad, working their way up. It's, yeah, it's very exciting to watch. It's a good thing, and they they both are very exciting to watch. That, yes. That's why I that's why I like it. So, are you going to be coming in and 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 working the corners? Is that what you're doing? Um, I'm not sure um, where where the father uh, is is thinking of a place for me, but you know, I'll be I'll be with them for motiv- for motivation right up till they get in the ring. And then it's all on them. You know, they know what they're doing. Yeah, they do know what they're doing. They're both they're both great. Oh, yeah, they know what they they know what they're doing. But everybody needs a little motivation. That's always good. Yeah. So, how much do you pay attention to to boxing in general now? Are you are you like in depth with it, or do you just catch a fight when you can catch a fight? I catch a fight when I can catch a fight. Yeah, I, I just watch the big ones. Every now and then, you know, somebody wants me to see one of their kids and stuff. So, you know, I'll make it to an arena. Yeah. Um, but, you know, usually I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so much in the game anymore. Uh, 
you know, I, 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 I like the closest I get to the game is my fans coming. People come to see me like every day. It's like, you know, I mean, today in Rhode Island, you know, somebody said, you're not Vinny Paz, are you? <laughs> and I said, I said, I said, no, man, I'm way better looking than that guy. And they go, yeah, you, you, you are, you are, but, but you look like him though, a little bit. Nah, nah, better looking, better looking. <laughs> and then, and then he walked away, and I said, "Yo, buddy, hey," I said, "Yeah, I'm Vinny Paris. <laughs> Come here, shake my hand." He says, "Oh my God!" He said, "I grew up in the same city as you. I come, I, I grew up in Cranston. I idolized you. You're the man. You're a hero." Going on and on. It was so cool. Wow. And and I met him in Walmart when I was in there with my girlfriend buying, who was buying some, some stuff to clean the damn house. <laughs> At the Walmart. <laughs> At the Walmart in Cranston. Wow. So where, where you're, where you're from is you're living in Rhode Island. I don't know how big it I is. There. Rhode Island, yeah. how? The smallest state in the country. <laughs> wow. You like it there? It's okay, it's you know. Um, could be better. Could be much worse. So I, I'm going to guess that the weather in Rhode Island is going to be probably somewhat close to what you're going to come over to Edmonton to see. I I was told that Edmonton is nothing but beaches and sunshine. Whoever told you that lied. Fuck! I knew it. <laughs> I knew they were. They knew they were bullshitting me. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> I would I would take out the moon dandies. I would take out the long underwear. Yeah, you you'll need the long underwear, a parka, and a block heater, and whatever ride you got. Wow. Oh, jeez. All right. I'm glad you said that. Now I'm going to take some serious stuff. <laughs> so I I kind of wanted to talk to you oh, about. Uh, about boxing as it is today, like is, is there a guy that you like to watch the most, or is there a guy that you don't want to miss? Um, I met and I really liked uh, um, Dante Wilder, and uh, really nice guy. And every time I watch him fight now, he's uh, he's pretty exciting for a heavyweight, anyways. He's pretty exciting. He's um Hello. Uh oh. Vinny? Oh, he's cutting out. Winning. There he is. Yeah. Dante Wilder. Deontay Wilder's the guy. Now he couldn't have a better name. No, not much. <laughs> not much unless it's Vinny Paz. That's about <laughs> it. Dante Wilder. Because he is 100% a wild man. I've never seen anybody fight quite like that in my life. Wow, that's a big compliment. <laughs> he's yeah. a, he's a, he, he throws these wild, like, I don't know if you watched his last fight, Pure Insanity. I, You know, I don't know how he does it, but he always gets the job done. You know, I mean, you you can't you can't go against you know what what you can't go against history. This guy just knocks everybody out. It's it's amazing, you know. It's amazing. He don't look like much, and he's just really nice. He's, you know, he's really nice. He's a really great guy, and um, he he just he's just knocking dudes out, man. It's pretty cool to see. Yeah, the, well, everybody's calling for the Anthony Joshua Deontay Wilder fight. That's not the fight I want to see. I want to see Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. Yeah, I'd like to see that too. Uh, Tyson's he well, he's three hundred and fifty pounds right now, so he's not quite in shape. But uh, I've been watching his videos. What, what, is, what does he? What does he normally weigh? Uh, I think he's put on about a hundred pounds. I, I, he's six foot seven, usually around two forty to two sixty. Wow! Yeah. Um, after his last fight with uh, Klitschko, he kind of he kind of fell off there a little bit, went crazy, and, and and was drinking a lot, and hasn't fought ever since. But he's in the gym now. the The scary part about Tyson Fury is is he's three hundred fifty pounds. He's still fast, and he can still move. 
What happened in the fight with Klitschko? Uh, I think it was a decision. That Klitschko won? Nope. Tyson Fury beat him. He beat him and he gained 100 pounds after the fight? Yeah, he uh, he sang um, the song from Armageddon to his wife uh, and took the belt and went back to, to the U.K. and put on 100 pounds. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, we all got issues, and that that dude that dude's no different. <laughs> oh my God! See, I that would have that would have motivated me to, to to stay in shape if I would have beat Klitschko. You know, every everybody's different, though. Everybody's different. Hopefully, I that he comes back. I didn't know that about him gaining a hundred pounds. It's kind of crazy. Well, he suffers from uh, a mental illness too, where he had like after after he won the title, he had the suicidal thoughts and, and all this other stuff. But uh, he's got a problem with the booze. Yeah. So I hope I hope he can come yeah. back. You hope? Would say that one more time. I just, I just said I hope he can come back. I'd like to see him fight again. Yeah, yeah, me too. My God, yeah. He's in his 30s, right? He's fairly young still. I think he's like 33 or 34. Yeah. Yeah, for a heavyweight, that's prime. Yeah. So He's so big. He's just like six foot seven. is very tall. Very tall, yeah. What a fight that would be him and Dante Wilder. I'd like to see him and Anthony Joshua. I'd actually like to see Tyson Fury versus anybody in the heavyweight division, tell you the truth. But uh, Anthony Joshua's up there for for a fight. I'd like to see him do too. Yeah, yeah. It, I've I've only heard things like good things about Tyson. I, I would like to see him. It, it'd be good. Uh, the other guy that I like to watch, obviously, is Triple G. I, everybody does. Yeah, love that He's guy. A real fighter. Yeah, real fighter. Real good, real strong, real fast, real fighter. Did you watch the fight uh, with him and Canelo? Great fight. Fantastic. Great fight. Don't. Great fight. Fantastic. The, in, in the horror shows of boxing. <laughs> See, uh, I turned it off before they read the decision. Swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. Uh, I watched the fight. I turned oh I turned it off because I knew if it went to a decision that Triple G wasn't going to get it and they're going to come up with a way to screw him over. I knew it. Yep. Yep. That's that's a little bit of uh, Oscar Mayer wiener. Right. So at, at least they didn't – at least it was a draw. I'll, I'll give them that much. They didn't completely throw him under the bus, but it's that's boxing. Yeah. And they did. They did throw him under the bus. I, I thought he had the fight. I, I didn't. Well, everybody, you, you, and everybody, because he did. Yeah. All you right. know, he did. So it, but it, that's boxing. That <laughs> is boxing. So recently in Edmonton, actually, it was just the other day. Mike Tyson was there to do his one man show. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. How amazing! Nice is show it? he's got. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty pretty cool show. So I kind I kind of want to go back into your career a little bit. You, again, you started off in 1983 and you went on a tear. Yeah, and and how about this? 1982, 1982, I was in the Olympic Training Center with Evander Holyfield, Pernell Whitaker, Tyson, wow. oh, so many great fighters. Wow. Yeah, and then um, a year later, I turned pro after I got um, beat. I I didn't get beat. I lost a decision, wink, wink, <laughs> to the Russian gold medalist. And, and that was in Syracuse, New York. I beat the tar out of this guy. I dropped him in the second round, and I just... I, I tore him up in the second and third round. The first round was close. Tore him up in the second and third round. And they gave the fight to the other guy because, you know, it was two Russians and one American judge. Two American judges, one Russian judge. So, you know, my, my 
it fell on me where there was two Russian judges and one American. So anyways, I lost that fight. I was so de depressed about it. And I, I turned pro. I read after that. I, I got, I had a couple of people at the fights that wanted to sign me pro and I ended up going with main events. I don't know if you remember a guy by the name of Lou Duva. No, I do not. Yeah, well, well, no big deal. You're, you're better off not knowing them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but anyways, and, and anyways, that's a whole nother subject. But um, yeah, and then, then turned pro in 83 and never looked back. Won, won my first world title in 87, the IBF world title, and that was it. I was off and running. And that day, that day that I won the the my first world title, when they ever said a new champion of the world, I thought I saw I I found God that day. I thought I saw God. Like I thought He was over me. He blessed me. I found God that day, <laughs> and, and I got lucky in life because I found Him a couple more times at some at some crazy moments. There were four more times that I saw him in the ring and it was, let's say one real big time that I saw him out of the ring. And, uh, I'm, I'm lucky to be here right now. I'm lucky. I'm so lucky to be alive. This is all, this is all gravy. <laughs> this is all just like icing on the cake. So how old were you when you won your first world title? 24 years old. 24 years old. And you feel that you didn't hit your stride until almost 10 years later. Yeah, I think at, at, um, at around 32, 33 is where I was, um, I was, I was superhuman. So 31, 32, 33, 34, 35 even. Yeah, I was very lucky and fortunate. Um, I, I was lucky that I was, my body's strong and I had great parents, you know, I had good genes and, um, I got, I got really lucky in life and, um, I worked hard, you know, the two go together all the time, but, uh, yeah, my, my prime was not like an ordinary fighter, you know, 22, 23, 24. I think my prime was in my late twenties and, uh, early thirties. Like my greatest fight was when I beat Gilbert Delay. Okay. And that was right before I broke my neck. I was 29 years old. Oof. So, w with the difference between your first belt and then 10 years later, what, what do you feel? Was it just like the, the man strength, the obstacles that you've come over, mental toughness? What was the big difference? Mental toughness. Mental toughness. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't let, yeah, mental toughness, you know. Um, lesser guys and not much of, of lesser guys, but, but lesser guys, um, would have crumbled under things that, that I did not. And, um, because of that, I stayed strong through, through thick, thick and thin and, uh, things worked out for me. Luckily, luckily enough. And little help from the big guy, a lot of hard work, and um, I, uh, I made it happen. You know, it can be done. I, I, I consider myself to be like one of the, the American dreams. You know, it, it's, it's the dream. And, you know, I was a kid. I loved Muhammad Ali at five years old. Who would ever think out, you know, and I'd grow up and, and be a five-time world champion, win 50 pro fights, you know, crazy, crazy. I wouldn't, you know, it's, it's, it's how life's crazy. You know, you gotta make, you gotta make out of it what you can and you, you gotta do it hard, you know, go strong, go wrong and go hard, stay strong. It's, it's a crazy world and uh, you gotta make it happen. Make it happen for yourself. You can do it. So at five years old, when you're, when you're dancing around, trying to be Muhammad Ali, looking in the mirror, dreaming about fighting. Did it ever pass, did it ever go through your brain that you would be one of the greatest boxers of all time? No. <laughs> Not, never, never entertained that. I just wanted to fight. 
and um, and I did, and that's what I did. I, I I just wanted to fight. I loved the fight, and I was good. You know, because you got to have some good genetics too. You can't. Yes. You can't just be, you can't just be a Wee German and then find yourself champion of the world. You know, it just it doesn't work out that way. I was blessed with some great genes. My mother and father were two tough bastards, and uh, uh, Muhammad Ali stayed in my brain like throughout my career. You know, he like like Ali never got knocked out. I never got knocked out. I always I always stayed up somehow. I always got back up, and um, it's it's like. And I do the same thing in life too. My, my life's going the same, same, same route: ups, downs, highs, lows. Not now. I'm, I'm on a high, uh, but you know who knows something. I, I cross my fingers. You know, the sign of the sign of the Lord. This, things can happen every day. Every day something happens. You know, you, you got to be lucky in life. You got, you got to do good. You got to be good. You got to stay strong. You know, good, bad, or ugly, no matter what it is, it's it's a tough life out there, and uh, only the strong survive. So I, I keep coming back, and I keep coming back, and I keep coming back, and that's what it's all about. Can't knock you down. You can knock me down, <laughs> but if I get up, uh, don't running. be anywhere around me. I'm running. <laughs> So, in February of 1990, you jumped in the ring with one of my other favorite boxers of all time, Hector Macho Camacho. Yep. And I brought Hector gut ready for me, you know, because he knew I was going to bring it to him. Hector fought his last greatest fight against me. You know, go figure. Every, you know, and and after after me, he went kind of to a because he trained so hard and worked so hard to beat me to get in shape to fight me because he knew it was going to be war. After he could never come back from that. He got ready so much. He didn't. He didn't go on no drugs. He didn't do anything wrong. That was the last of of his greatest his great fights was against me and um then after that you know he kind of went downhill a bit and uh he went went heavily on on drugs and you know eventually he died because of it yes so when he when you he fought him fight. hector could fight hector hector was was a was a slick little beast he was he was a very very hard guy to fight and 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 fast fast like lightning yeah, like you... lightning, like like Floyd Mayweather fast, you know, Roy Jones fast. Yeah. Fast he was. There wasn't too many faster than him. I mean, I don't think anybody. I think he's I put him up with the fastest guys of all time. Wow. I'm 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 the fastest white boy of, of all time. He's he he is just the fastest, period. Period. Hector, Floyd, Roy Jones. When they were in their prime the fastest fighters ever. So yeah, you fought when you fought Hector Camacho. He was thirty six and zero. Yeah. Wow. True. That's a my my next guy I want to talk to you about was going to be Roy Jones Jr. because he's also one of my one of my favorites of all time, and he still continues to fight. Which I find amazing and ridiculous, <laughs> but. But that's what he wants to do. He loves it, and he loves it. And you know, who who am I? Who is anyone else to say tell him to stop? You know, he's doing he's doing good. He's winning most of them. Um, so what can you say? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell him. I, I don't think he's forty yet, right? If he's not, he looks forty. Yeah, close. Uh, he's got to be crazy. He's got to be. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure what I would tell Ray Jones. And I saw him not that long ago. And I said, "Man, I can't believe you're still doing. I can't believe you still want to do it." So Roy Jones Jr. Said, I love it. Man. 
Roy Jones Jr. is born in. I love his mini. I love it. Wow. Well, he's 48. 48. Holy shit. He's born in 1969. Wow. Hey. Well, the last fight I seen him do was uh, against Bobby Gunn, the the bare knuckle boxer. And what happened? Roy, Roy beat him. He didn't finish him. It was the decision, but he he beat him. And ten, then ten rounds. Yeah, and then the the fight before that, I seen him in. He did a hundred thousand dollar bet or a hundred thousand dollar purse if uh if anybody could come up and beat him, and the the fans had to pick their guy, and they picked a Canadian, and his name was Viron Phillips, I believe, and, and Roy Jones knocked him out in the first or second round. Wow. But. Hey, you you put Roy Jones Jr.'s name on a card, it's usually going to sell, right? Yep. Yep, yep. Well, I don't know. I got, I had, um, I had 66-0 professional fights. Yep. Um, you know, tons of sparring, over 100 amateur fights, tons of sparring, and, um, I got I got a couple of brain cells left. I said, but 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 I I can tell you know, you know, things aren't the same as when I was in my twenties. You know, mm-hmm. I was sharp as a tack. I knew everybody's phone number. I knew hundreds of phone numbers. Now I I know I know Zena's, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. I know Zena's. I know Zena's number, and that's it. That 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 lady, she doesn't cut you any slack either, right? Eh? No, she 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 goes hard, or she don't go. <laughs> she's awesome, bro. She she's awesome. Whatever she does, like I respect and and I, I listen to her because I don't listen to too many people, but I, I listen to her. Well, with your wealth of boxing knowledge, nothing. having having over over fifty fights, you've had sixty fights. You've knocked thirty people out. Has HBO or Showtime not called you to do any commentary or anything like that? Um, I've, I've done some commentary and, uh, it was cool for, I've done, I've done some cable fights, okay. um, national cable companies and it was good and I'm, I'm good at it, but I'm kind of like sick of the whole boxing game. You know, I, I hate to say it, but like, I, I like it. I like, like seeing like these guys, I like going to see them. When I go to Canada, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to love seeing the brothers fight. Yeah. Like when there's something really special about it, it's cool for me. Other than that, it's like, you, you know the saying, I don't know if you ever heard this, but when you work in the donut factory, you get sick of the donuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's like that for me in boxing. You know, I did it my whole life, you know, so from, when I, from when I was five years old. And I never, ever would have imagined that I'd fight till I was 40. You know, but I, but I did. And, um, which is weird me saying that, you know, I, I, I fought until I was 40. But I'm, I'm still like, I have regressed and I, I'm still 39 today. Wow. Especially if you got boobies, you got big boobies, I'm 39. <laughs> well, if you got boobs, the Paz Man's coming for you. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> I, I I did I said boobs, not booze. <laughs> <laughs> I said boobs. I might have slurred though. I've been punched in the face a lot too. Yeah, I can tell you did. You said booze. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you said you had to go at around seven thirty. Is that you still have to leave, or you got another couple minutes? I, you, you're, 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 you're such a cool mofo. Let's go a couple more minutes with that. All right. So what keeps you busy nowadays? Do you have a busy schedule or is Zena just telling you to go do this and go do this? Um, uh, my schedule is not really, really busy, but it's, um, it's full at times. You know, in and out, you know, there's, there's days my phone won't stop ringing and there's, there's days that, you know, I don't hear from nobody, but, um, 
Azina's got me set up with some really good stuff. Um, she's got her, her Twitter up. Um, I got I got people that I'm meeting on Facebook. We get invitations. Um, you know, Canada. I'm coming back again and again, uh, which I'm happy about that. Uh, you know, I, I like traveling. You know, I just literally just came back from from doing some motivational speeches. One was in London, um, and, and had another one out in California. I was down. I, I've been all over. I'm, I'm in and out of of places all the time. My and my life is good. I I, I like it. I, I would never complain. Because they can always be worse. And, and I know that. I've been on the bottom of the mountain, and I've been on the bottom of the ocean and the top of the mountain. Yeah. So, um, you know, I know what it's like in both places. And you got to stay strong in both places. Uh, I did read something very interesting on your Wikipedia that you participated in a WWE WWF WrestleMania as a referee between Bart Gunn and Butterbean. Yes, true, true. What was your experience like in that crazy situation? I um, I wanted to see Butterbean win because. You know, Jim McMahon called me up and asked me if I'd like to referee a fight. And I said, yeah, Vince. I said, but who's who's going to win? He said, no, no, Vinny, this is real. I said, what do you mean it's real? He said, no, it's real. We're doing fights now. You know, one, one of our guys goes up against a, a real fighter or, an, or another athlete, and they fight for real. I'm like, whoa, oh, my God. I said, all right, I'm down. So when I got there, I went and see Bean, you know. I, I, I like him. You know, he's a friend. I've, I've met him a couple times. Good dude. So I said, Bean, I said, um, you ready and stuff? I said, you know, a lot of the wrestlers that I met were saying, why, Vinny, wait, wait, when you see Bart Gunn, you know, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna rip Butterbean a new one. He's going to rip Butterbean's ass up. I'm like, really? I'm like, oh, my God. And so so now I go in the back of the dressing room before the fight to, to Butterbean. I said, Bean, you know, this guy's in shape. They're telling me he's in great shape. I said, please tell me you're ready. You ready for the fight, bro? He goes, oh, Vinny, don't worry, but I got this. So he said, oh, yeah, I'm in, I'm in great shape. So I was nervous for him. I wanted to see him win. I don't want to see a wrestler knock out, you know, my boxing, my boxing people. Yeah. So, um the fight starts in, in, in four seconds, I went to myself, Oh my God, Butterbean's going to demolish this kid. <laughs> and sure enough, Butterbean hits him with an overhand right. Boom. I should have stopped it right there, but the damn place was jam packed, sold out, screaming, going nuts. I, I literally lifted him up. I put I put his arm over my shoulder and I picked him up and I said, come on, man, come on. You're all right. You're all right. Let's go. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. All right. All right come on. All right. Let's go. Wow. And then Bean came in with a shot. He hit him with an overhand right and, and almost took his head off. And, um, the, the, the opponent went bouncing down and he, and, and knocked out. And then I stopped the fight. That's madness. And I don't, I, if I'm right, I might be wrong, but I don't think the Butterbean's opponent, Bart Gunn, ever showed his face at the WWF ever again. You're so right. As far as I know, I think you're, you're so right. <laughs> I don't think I'm wrong, but uh, hey, if, if everybody thinks that, that the guy's going to beat the boxer, but he's not a boxer, they're crazy. Yeah, without a doubt. Butterbean can fight. He's just fat. As you know, it, that has nothing to do with whether he can fight or not. No. Or not. He's just a you know he's a fat bastard. That's that's a fact. But Butterbean can fight. That that guy can fight. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to meet him in the in a dark alley. No, you. He's four hundred pounds. He hits you. It's game over. Oh yeah, he he's he's a strong dude and 
and he can bo- he can fight. He knows how to box. Hey. Yeah, I knew I knew after 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 maybe eight seconds, I knew Bogdan was getting killed. <laughs> Your uh, your TV uh, your television stuff is is, is kind of crazy, in between being a security guard on the Jerry Springer show, being on Police True. Academy. Police Academy must have been fun. It was so fun, it was so fun, and they filmed it in Vancouver, Canada, the greatest place I've the most beautiful place I've ever been to in the history of my life. Wow, I'm I'm from the yeah, island. That was, was filmed in Vancouver, Canada, yep. and oh my god, it was just it was gorgeous. You could eat you could eat off the sidewalk in Vancouver. It, the British Columbia is the nicest province Canada has, hands down. Everywhere you look is a, is a postcard. Yeah, it was it was just amazing. I walked out of my my hotel room onto the deck on the balcony and I was overlooking mountains and ocean in the in the city was like New York City yeah. but clean like immaculately clean I just could I couldn't believe it yeah I think that that uh that Vancouver is the is one of the nicest cities we have I'm actually from Victoria the island in uh in british Columbia. oh wow yeah so uh, living there you're surrounded by the ocean at all times you can see it pretty much wherever you are but there's mountains and like there's there's snow on on some of the mountains in the winter time you don't get much snow there which is kind of nice and it's not very cold but it does rain a lot wow so and now, wow. now I live in Saskatchewan, Canada, where you can see your dog run away for four days. You, the nice thing about it, if somebody's coming for you, you can spot them from a mile away too. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that where the fights are going to be? The fights are going to be in Edmonton, Alberta, uh, December 8th. That's going down. We're going to have the Santoro brothers. They're going to be featured on that card. The main event is one of my friends, Adam the Boogeyman Braidwood. He's going to be taking on Misael Sanchez from uh, Mexico. That's going to be a good fight. Wow. The, the, the whole card is going to be great. We got Flavio Michelle versus Brian the Yard Dog Samuel. The, the whole thing's going to be great. I can't wait. Cool. Me too. I'm looking forward to coming. Highlight of the night is going to be Vinny Paz. He's going to be there. He's going to be in Edmonton December 6th. I can't wait to meet you in person. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Vinny. Uh, don't hang up quite yet. I'm going to stop recording, and I'm just going to talk to you for 30 seconds. But uh, I really appreciate I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been nothing but my pleasure, and uh, I can't wait to see you. Thank you, and, and ditto, I feel the same. And, and I will see you shortly. 100%. All right, Burger wants to record, so we're recording. Okay, well, I just got to say, amateur boxing clubs have been abusing the AGLC funding for years now. Amateur boxing clubs have been using that money that they get from casinos on their own personal attire, their new cars, their lawyer fees, and then the AGLC clamps down. AGLC needs to go and see these clubs in person and see the members. How do you have a non-profit boxing club with two members? That's right. This system is being abused. The AGLC needs to step up and clamp down on these guys. They're all scumbags. All these boxing coaches may have a ticket, but it doesn't mean they know how to manage money. They've been using and abusing this system for years. I think the AGLC needs to pull out this funding and guarantee it to clubs like the Boys and Girls Club, notable clubs, not JoJo's Amateur Boxing Club with four directors that all drive Mercedes. Boxing is the biggest, amateur boxing is the biggest financial scam because the clubs that need it aren't getting the money and the clubs that don't are. They should have a limited square footage of the clubs. should be a minimum of 3,000 square feet. They should not have a boxing club that's based in your fucking back restaurant as a fucking non-profit boxing club. This message is to the AGLC. Please start investigating these 
non-profit boxing clubs. They're being abused. They're wasting money that you guys give them. You must address this situation. When the boxing guys, amateur boxing coaches are using these funds and they're fucking using it for their own personal interest under the guidance of their own friends that sit on the board of directors. Amateur boxing has been tainted from its core. You know, it's bad when the provincial coach of amateur boxing only goes to one boxing gym. He doesn't even go to any other boxing gym. That's a problem. Amateur boxing owns a place called Lodgepole. They bought a school with money built that's in the middle of fucking nowhere that they never fucking use. We have nationals coming to Canada. The only club putting an effort in is Southside Legion. Rick Jamerson's club, Lincoln Suchit's club. They're the only ones putting it in. We need to support this club because this club is where the champs, the national champs are going to be. Mark my words. Paige Hollywood Suchit, Thomas Moldoff, you, Dennis Babich, you guys are the future. James Jung, you guys are the future. You're putting the effort in. Your club is supporting you. Nobody else is supporting you. But then we have clubs that waste money, that have a fucking one boxing ring or no boxing ring, and they're getting money for casinos. Funding. I think it's between fifty to $60,000. Alberta Boxing is washing this under the table. Lee Tang, he's doing a good job cleaning up the bass, but you know what? It's all coming to a head now. There's no way to govern these clubs. They're nonprofit, but their owners drive Mercedes. You know what? There's a split between north and south. You know what? New clubs can't hold events that's choking out amateur boxing. Who puts these rules in place? At the AGM, everybody's so fucking keen to get on each other's dick. It's not a matter of what you know. It's who you know to get voted in. You know, that's the problem. There's a major taint in amateur boxing. They opt to move the training center down to Calgary. Have a north training center and a south training center. Well, nobody fucking uses this school. Sell the motherfucker. I think the government needs to get involved and regulate this boxing thing because it's off the fucking chain. Provincial coach Silvio Flex never goes to any gym. I love the man to death, but you know what? There's fucking eight to nine boxing clubs in the city. You are the provincial coach. You are paid. Get off your fucking ass and go and fucking see these clubs. But you won't. You stay down at Avenue Boxing and train eight to nine guys that have never even fucking meddled. Well, you know what? Lincoln Suchet, you are the man. You are leading and fucking Rick Jamerson, you guys are leading our next national champs. Good on you guys. Looks good. I expect to see some fucking medals. I respect certain coaches in amateur boxing, but I don't on some. So this is Burger signing out saying, AGLC, you need to do an inquiry onto these fucking clubs because your money is being blown down the toilet. And that's the final thought with Burger. The final thought today is brought to you by Real Deal Athletics. So if you guys go to www.realdealathletics.ca, get over there, support the Real Deal. Uh, I think the sale's done for Black Friday, but who gives a fuck? Get over there and spend your money. Again, it's www.realdealathletics.ca.